The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Let's jazz it up. Let's all get together now. Welcome to the Laura Theodore podcast. You may know me from my popular television show, Jazzy Vegetarian, where I feature easy and delicious vegan recipes, along with tips for living a kinder, plant-based life. Now I invite you to join me here each week, where I'll welcome amazing guests to share upbeat and informative conversations featuring motivational lifestyle advice and nutritional guidance, plus lots of jazzy-licious recipe ideas. It's all served up with sensational music on the side. Music. So let's get talking. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Laura Theodore podcast. I am your host, Laura Theodore. I hope you're having a very happy, healthy new year and a happy, healthy Veganuary. It's been a good year so far, and I hope everything is good with you today. It's good with me because you're here for a fantastic show with Ellen Teitelman Wool, and she's going to talk about her amazing book, Snap Out of It. And then later on in the show, I'll have an easy and delicious veganuary recipe for you, and of course, a little bit of music. But let's just get right to it. It is now my honor to welcome Ellen Teitelman Wool, whose interest in wellness and self-care began when she was losing herself while helping her husband Jack recuperate from illnesses. She thought something was wrong with her, only to discover that caregiver burnout is normal. Always a writer, Ellen began her professional career partnering with Grammy-nominated adult contemporary solo piano artist Jim Brickman, teaming up on award-winning advertising campaigns and commercial jingles, and she jumped into the music industry writing lyrics to many of Brickman's popular songs. Ellen is a frequent guest on the syndicated Jim Brickman radio show, providing quirky life lessons. And I'd like to welcome her to the program right now. How are you today, Ellen? I'm wonderful. So great to talk to you, Laura. It is so great to speak with you. And man, what a great book. What a brave book. What a caring book. What a book that so many people need, particularly with what's going on in the world right now. And I just want to get right to it. Snap out of it. How the heck did you come up with that title? My mom... When we were teenagers, and we get in a typical teenager funk, things weren't going right, whatever, my mom would just be, snap out of it. Now, you know, normal people, you can't just turn it on and off if you're a normal person. So even, even as an adult, she would say things like that, and we'd be like, Mom, what? So when all this was going on with my husband, Jack, when he was sick or or you know, there were terrible things going on, and she'd still say snap out of it. I had to figure out a way to snap out of it because she was onto something, but there was just something behind it that had to happen. Yeah, so and it was, it, yeah, it was monumental. There, there is no doubt. And for those who have not read the book yet, um, just define your meaning of the phrase unexpected caregiver because that's what you truly experienced it and and then just share a little bit of the history that brought you on to this unexpected caregiver 
position, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Well, yeah, I don't think anybody ever expects to be a caregiver. Uh, And with my husband, you know, we got married. We were happy-go-lucky 20-year-old kids. And when he was 38, he had a heart attack. I was kind of young to have a heart attack. But, you know, it was just a short period of time. It was a few months, and then life continued as normal with a few adjustments for, um, you know, dietary restrictions. And then he had another heart attack and another one and another one. And I, because this was at a time when there was no such thing as fat-free, I had to figure out what the heck to do with all this cooking. Okay, so... Everything was still okay. You know, we we figured life out. Then he had cancer. He had lung cancer and survived. And again, it was just a matter of months. I don't want to trivialize it, but he got back to normal. There was no chemo, no radiation. He just got very, very lucky. And then more heart issues. And then just one thing after another. And I was finding that there were more and more things at home that I needed to do that didn't relate to the outside world. And I was becoming more focused on taking care of him in the house. And then the very last thing that he had was called normal pressure hydrocephalus, which presents itself as dementia. And the doctors couldn't figure out what it was. And I kept saying, it's not dementia. There's something going on here. And so for several years, I was taking care of someone with dementia. And he would ebb and flow and ebb and flow. But like I said, completely unexpected. I never in a gazillion years would have thought this happened to us. And I became the caregiver. I took care of the doctor appointments and the prescriptions and every procedure he needed and side effects and you know, it was just something I was not trained for and never wanted to be, but, you know, it was my husband, and I didn't think anybody else could take care of him, so it was on me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of us, when we think about someone being sick or someone being sick close to us or we hear about someone being ill, we think, oh, my God, how horrible for them, how horrible for them. We don't mm-hmm. that often think about, Oh my! Hmm. How horrible and and ch- more challenging for the person that is needing to take care of them, or the close family member, or the close friend, or whoever it is that's all of a sudden put into this position uh, without really expecting it of being a constant caregiver. And I think Mm -hmm. that, you know, what you talk about in the book, and I think it's so well put and so well described, that you start losing yourself, basically, is what I got out of it. And as you lose yourself, you start looking at yourself in in different ways. And then you're getting very hard on yourself. Oh, am I doing well, well enough? Am I doing a good job? What more could I do? What more could I have done? So on page 137, you get to the point where you talk about the importance of self-compassion. And I'm a big believer in this. And I find it very hard to achieve myself. And so I'd love for you to share how your passion for writing has become a self-help tool for you, kind of helping you to regain 
your self and your self-compassion? Well, you're right. You, you kind of look at yourself as a non-person. But with me, as a writer, I'm always, always writing. I would journal. I would write letters to my friends in particular, um, telling them how I was feeling and what I was feeling. And it's really, when you write things down, it's a good way to sort it out, to process what, you, what you're accomplishing, what you're having troubles with, um, ways that you can turn things around. They're not going to go away. The, the issues that you're having won't go away. But when you see them on paper, when they're in black and white in front of you, you can almost sort them out objectively. And, and then it gets more manageable. Um, and, I, and I talk about self-compassion. We're human. And you have to be kind to yourself. If you had a friend going through a horrible time, you wouldn't call them up and berate them and tell them how horrible they are. You know, you would, you would try to help. And, and you have to kind of do that for yourself because, you know, if you don't, who's going to? Uh, it's right. great to have a support system, but you got to be good to yourself. And the writing for me was, was really a way to sort things out. And, and it's very cathartic. Yeah. But at the same time, like that I would write down the rough parts of my life, I found that by writing the positive things, even if I was just a one, two, three, when I would write the positive things, that would help too. That would give me strength. Yeah, that makes perfect sense because that's something that I, I have a challenge with and I've spoken about it on this program before. You know, you wake up in the morning and, and you're, let's say you're in a bad mood and, and, you, and, and so when you, you're you're experiencing that you're experiencing that bad mood you're then thinking negatively about so many things so if i wake up and i'm not in the right sort of mood or i'm feeling a little bit negatively you know i really try and coach myself and say wait i'm here it's a beautiful day it's a lovely home I live in, you know, and I just think about all the blessings in my life. And I do agree with you, writing them down can be very, very helpful because if you really look at those pros and let the cons go just for a minute, then you can kind of put yourself in a better place. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anytime that you can look at, at a different side than what's pounding in your brain. If you can turn that off just even for two minutes, it has a way of, of calming your, your thinking down. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Now, something that really, really struck me on page 159, um, I'll preface this by saying my mother, a couple of years ago, she bought us these adult coloring books. They weren't exactly coloring books, but they were something where you fill in the colors and you kind of just let everything else go and let your mind wander. So I was really struck with how you talked about that, about the adult coloring books and how they can help manage stress. It's really true. It is so true. And it's been proven like at the Cleveland Clinic, they did studies on this and it it takes your mind out of the here and now and what's happening around you and you focus on the colors and the and the shapes and you know the the tension of your pencils and 
um, it's it's just really it's really unbelievable how how helpful it is. Um, and I've done it like even when my husband was very sick, um, he was coloring, and he he's a little bit of an artist, and so he was concentrating on what color should I use, and you know, and but it was taking the the stress off of his mind and it was reducing his anxiety because mm-hmm. he was focusing on the page. And I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. So I started to do it. And really it has the same effect as meditation on the brain. And I'm not a physiologist or anything, but I've been told that it actually helps promote the growth of um, gray matter, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But you feel so refreshed. And even now, I, yeah, if I'm sitting around and, you know, I just feel anxious about something, I'll pick up the crayons. And, you know, who doesn't want to smell Crayola crayons? Like, take me back to being eight years old. Yeah, yeah, good point. We're speaking today with Ellen Teitelman Wool, whose interest in wellness and self-care began when she was losing herself while helping her husband Jack recuperate from illness. And she is the brilliant author of Snap Out of It. And after the program today, you want to check it out and perhaps pick up a copy of the book, which brings me to ask you, Ellen, where can people buy the book? Oh, they can buy it on my website, which is snapoutofit.me. I take Venmo. Or it's available on Amazon also. I've known you for a long, long time, and you have been a fantastic writer since we were 12 years old. That's (laughs) a long time ago. But I've always admired your writing. And uh, so I want to just talk a little bit more about the book before you leave us today. On page 201, you share about how becoming a caregiver for your husband ultimately helped you to become a new woman. Talk about that. Uh, well, I I came always I always came across as somebody very strong and knowledgeable, but deep inside I was always like a scared little thing, and I had no choice in finding my strength, taking care of him. Uh, I became informed. I did tons of research about every symptom he would have, every side effect of a pill, you know. And I learned to speak up and, and stand up for him. I became his medical advocate. And when, when he had the dementia problem, I wouldn't let it go. And I just kept fighting and fighting till there was a doctor who would finally say, okay, this is what's going on. Wow. And when Jack was well, he said to me, you saved his life. And I was, what? I, wow. He goes, you're, you're a good woman. You saved his life. So I, I, you know, I found my strengths and, and I was happy to write it down and hopefully share that knowledge and strength with, with other people. Yes. And the book truly does do that. The title of the book is snap out of it. And, uh, Once again, I highly urge everybody to give it a read. And for those people that are listening to the program today and saying, oh, I am an unexpected caregiver, can you please give some advice on how and where people can reach out to seek help if they are all of a sudden a caregiver? Oh, there are are some wonderful websites 
and organizations. Caregiving.com is one of them. And another one I just found out about that is absolutely incredible is Courage to Caregivers. Mm. Uh, they offer seminars now and then, and they're just so helpful. They've all been through it, so they're, they're really helpful. And I want to say... I want to say it as an aside, even if you aren't a caregiver or you know a caregiver, the things in my book that I talk about are helpful to anybody yes. that just gets stressed out and has anxiety. You don't have to be a caregiver. That's a story in itself. But the, the snaps, as we call them, um, are just so helpful. They really, really are throughout the book. And that's where I connected to it, as I was saying earlier in the program today. Everybody has those stress points. Once again, particularly now with the way the world has changed over the past three, past three years. You know, everything in the world has changed. And we all tend to, well, get to that snapping point. It was a great way that you described it. And you give so many wonderful helpful tips for helping us to get through and to just uh, lessen the stress is what I'm trying to say. Well, this has been amazing. Ellen Teitelman Wool, the name of the book is Snap Out of It. And uh, I can't thank you enough, Ellen, for taking time out of your busy day to talk with us today. And I'm wishing you a very happy and healthy new year. And I hope that all good things are coming your way this year in 2023. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm so happy that you invited me and I could share the story. Thank you so much. Wow. Ellen Teitelman Wool. Snap out of it. We all need a little bit of that, don't we, sometimes? I hope you pick up a copy of the book, and I do want to thank Ellen for taking time out of her busy day to be with us today. That was an amazing conversation. Well, jazzy vegetarian, lively vegan cuisine that's easy and delicious, the 10th anniversary edition, is on sale on the Jazzy Vegetarian website. That's jazzyvegetarian.com. I do hope you'll pick up a copy, and you'll find all of my other cookbooks there, and if you purchase it on the website, I'll sign it for you. And speaking of Jazzy Vegetarian, Season 10 is airing all around the country, and I hope you'll check the schedule on the Jazzy Vegetarian website and see if it's airing in your area. And if it is, I do hope you will tune in. And I also hope you'll tune in every Sunday or Monday to the Create channel, because right now Season 7 of Jazzy Vegetarian is airing on Create TV each and every week. Create is a national uh, station, a national channel. So uh, check and see if you have the channel in your area, and I do hope you will tune in. Well, I know you've been waiting for it, and it's here, my Veganuary Recipe of the Week. And it is a recipe from Season 7, from Episode 706, Pizza Party. And you can find the recipe on the Jazzy Vegetarian website under the Season 7 Recipes, Episode 706. And this is an easy one, a great Veganuary recipe, my cheesy black bean tortilla 
pizza. And this snazzy vegan tortilla pizza preps for the oven in about five minutes. It just uses a few basic items you probably already have on hand, making a salsalicious lunch or quick supper. And this makes two to four servings, depending on how hungry you and your crew are. You're going to start off with four corn, whole grain, or whole wheat tortillas. Of course, you can use gluten-free tortillas if you are gluten-free. I like to use the six-inch tortillas for this. If you want to make larger, uh, little cheesy tortilla pizzas, of course, you're going to use larger tortillas. And then one can, about 15 to 16 ounces of black beans drained and rinsed, a quarter teaspoon of garlic powder, a quarter teaspoon of chili powder, one sixteenth heaping teaspoon of cayenne pepper, seven tablespoons of prepared salsa. Now, this is where you can kind of make it for yourself and your family. You can either use the mild, the medium, or the hot salsa, depending on the heat factor that you like. And then two-thirds cup of shredded cheddar style or jalapeno vegan cheese, and then two cups of firmly packed shredded romaine lettuce or lettuce of your choice. Of course, you can also use sprouts if you prefer. You're going to start off with preheating the oven to 350 degrees, line a large rimmed baking sheet that's large enough to accommodate four six-inch tortillas, or you can use two medium-sized sheets, of course, and you want to line it with unbleached parchment paper. Arrange the tortillas in a single layer on the prepared baking sheets, and then put the black beans, the garlic powder, the chili powder, the cayenne pepper, and three tablespoons of the salsa into a medium-sized bowl, and mash, 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 using a potato masher or a large fork until it's really, really well combined. You want it to be a little bit chunky, so you have a little bit of texture on your tortilla pizza, but uh, do mash it well together to get those flavors combined. And then you're going to divide the black bean mixture equally among your four tortillas and spread it in an even layer, leaving about a half inch crust around the perimeter of each tortilla. Then top each tortilla with one quarter of the vegan cheese and bake it for 15 to 18 minutes until the tortillas are crisp and golden. The bean mixture is heated through really, really good. Remove them from the pan, put them on a wire rack, top the center of each pizza with one more tablespoon of that salsa, and then arrange some of the lettuce on the top and it's really, really good. So, so easy. Of course, you can add some tomatoes to it too, or olives or anything you like. It's just a great basic tortilla pizza recipe. So I hope you give it a try. Check it out, jazzyvegetarian.com under season seven recipes. And that's show number 706, Pizza Party. And now for our music this week, one of my favorites, Johannes Lindstedt, and a fantastic tune called Night Dance. This will put you in a good mood.
Johannes Lindstedt and Night Dance. That'll put you in a good mood. I love that tune. And you can learn more about Johannes at johanneslindstedt.com. Well, as always, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I am so honored that you choose this podcast to listen to because I know there's so many podcasts you can listen to. And I do hope you'll join me every single Wednesday at mindbodyspirit.fm for my podcast, the Laura Theodore Podcast. Well, until next time, be happy, be healthy, and be well. From me, Laura Theodore, a.k.a. The Jazzy Vegetarian. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.